Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast on Monday morning, and it is a different feeling, or is this the same feeling type of Monday morning we've had? Nick, I promise you Friday on Coast to Coast Football, if the Falcons go up and lose in Charlotte, we would talk head coaches on Monday morning. Now, that's not to say that anything's going to happen over there, you know, Atlanta media folks, uh, Atlanta Falcons communications. We're not saying that Atlanta, the, that Arthur Smith is gone, but what do we do for the NFL draft, we look at who could be a possibility, who could come in, what is possible out there. So that's what we're going to do today. Nick, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty well. Uh, I've been a busy weekend doing a lot of different stuff, watching football as a good, pretty unfortunate Saturday night with the Broncos going into Detroit and getting similarly uh, beat up as we saw the Falcons when they went into Detroit earlier this year. And uh, yeah, no, just getting ready for the baby to come, Christmas stuff. Uh, just, gosh, I feel like I haven't had a moment other than watching football, uh, a chance to sit down. So it's, uh, I guess, other than, I guess this is football too, sitting down here. But uh, yeah, I've been really busy and uh, excited for the little guy to come. Yeah, I've watched uh, watched a lot of football this weekend. And I think, I think the only game I missed from our Friday preview show was the Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. I think that's the only one I missed. I think I got... Um, Did you rest- pick the Bills? I did pick the Bills. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Same. I picked the Bills because the Cowboys were coming off some emotional victories. They were going on the road. The Bills were hot and they needed it. Desperate. So yep. I did pick the Bills, the desperation factor in there. In the regular season, that matters. Um, come playoffs, you throw that out the window and it's just who's the better team, who's playing better. But in the regular season, who needs it more makes a difference, usually, if you're good teams, when good teams match up like that, mm-hmm. especially when you're coming off. Um, especially when you're coming off a couple emotional victories like the Dallas Cowboys have. There's a there's just an inevitable little bit of a letdown um, yeah. during the regular season. We go live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on these channels because uh, we love having the, the community in here. We've got a great community here uh, across these different platforms, and we want to say hello to some folks. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning, Michael. Thanks for getting up with us this morning. He's out in Arizona. John Harrell says, good morning, Scott and Nick, the boys and ladies. Uh, I sure hope Ritter and Smith missed the ride back to Atlanta. Um, I think I said that that you should just leave Arthur Smith and Charlotte if they lose this game. And the last thing I said on this topic last week, Nick, was this report. I put in air quotes for those of y'all listening after the fact that Arthur Smith's job is safe unless. Yes, we know everybody's job is safe unless. Let's see if he goes up to safe means. I can lose and I'm going to have a job. We'll find out how safe his job is. And Nick, I have a question for you and for all y'all out there. 
If this was any other team than the Atlanta Falcons, any other franchise in the NFL, the Atlanta Falcons, would there be any doubt, any question of what the next step would be with Arthur Smith and this team? Would there be any doubt in your mind that the Falcons would be having a new head coach week one of next year? Would there be any doubt? I'm sure there are a few teams that are similar boat, uh, but this is year three. You've invested heavily into this team and the offense under an offensive minded head coach is flatlining uh, down the stretch here in games that you cannot be flatlining. There's no positive momentum. So I just think that probably there are probably a few teams in that category, Scott, maybe a team like Buccaneers or something. Uh, But yeah, no, this is, this is heading towards a, inevitable unspectacular conclusion i think especially after this loss to carolina and in a game that nobody saw right uh, if you lose a game against a terrible team and nobody attends did the do the results even count <laughs> yes uh, yeah, they but, still uh, matter and hats yeah. off to carolina panthers fans hats off to the atlanta falcons fans that sat through that game what what a miserable spectacle of football um it'll never happen but promotion and relegation is so much fun for this reason if you're sitting in the bottom three in the Premier League where, you know, I watch Chelsea Football Club in the bottom three, they move you down a level. They move you down a tier to the second division. A lot of people are learning this because of Ted, Ted Lasso. Um, but here they just give you a higher draft pick and they reward you for, for losing because the Billionaire Boys Club has already bought their way in and they don't like risk. This would have been just an absolutely massive, I mean, party in the streets type of win if this was a relegation fight, but good for the Carolina Panthers for going out there and, uh, and, and, and the fans, especially for the fans for going out there and, uh, and supporting the team. Those of you that made it in those miserable conditions, red swarm says, good morning. Good Monday morning, Scott, Nick in the chat. Wow. Just wow. Smith has got to go. I think Arthur blank will wait until we are eliminated from playoff contention. I don't know. And in this division, that could be the end of the season. That could be the last week, honestly. Um, because they'll get a chance to play the Saints. And depending on what the Buccaneers do, there could be a game and it could be a division record. They're all tied. The, the, the Buccaneers have the lead in the division now because they still have just one loss in the division where everybody else has at least two. I just, uh, again, I, we, going back to the Jets game, I got some flack for the offensive performance. Oh, Scott, it was raining. Your, their defense is really good. And I, I started thinking about today. I was like, oh, it's raining. Look out. You know, can't do anything in the rain. And, and I, I really, I started, the nursery rhyme hit me, Nick. You know, if, if nothing is done, it's raining, it's pouring, the old man is snoring. Blank has to do something. He has to. You can't sell this to the Atlanta fan base again. Brother, God bless him. He's running out of time. Um, I think he's 81 years old um, and change and has health problems. He has to do something. I would say they're going to, but something's got to be changed. And right now, if it's your offense, you bring in a new offensive coordinator and play caller, Dave Ragone, you can sacrifice him. That's the only way I think it's even possible Arthur Smith is here next year. I Yeah, and the other thing is, this is a team that I would think would be pretty demanded. Uh, I want a, a position of, head coaching spot that uh, you can get, I think a good candidate in here, because like we've said on here on paper, this Falcons team has good bones and the pathway is not of least resistance, but pretty low resistance out there in the AFC South. I mean, there's not a team right now that is just, you know, 
young superstar players across the board on con- on contracts. The Saints have issues. We see what's going on with Carolina. Even though you lost, it's still, I mean, that's a team that's going to take years to dig out probably. And the Buccaneers are in a weird spot too. So uh, I think it's because it is such a good uh, luring spot that you should go out there and hunt for a new head coach. This is a game that kept saying pump the brakes. We still got more games to see. Let's see how they do down the stretch. But going into Carolina, and losing it in that fashion, especially with the running game going the, down the way it did against, I mean, Carolina team that's playing for nothing but pride at this point. They're not even playing, for, you know, to secure that number one pick. There's nothing. Uh, and to go down and get embarrassed uh, like that, even though it's nine to seven, we can call it an embarrassment when you lose to that team in that fashion. So I, yeah, I think I, I've been the one pumping the brakes, Scott, you know, saying like, let's wait, let's see how it plays out. But Ritter Smith, adios. Yeah. And, and again, Ritter, Ritter can be on the team next year. He's cheap and can be a backup fine. You know, and and, yeah. and if he, and if you go after a quarterback, but you have to make a significant investment in the quarterback this offseason, whether it's with a high draft, a first round draft pick, or more, if you need to move mm-hmm. up some, or you go after a veteran, uh, you have to make a significant. And if Desmond Ritter, the light bulb comes on and he wins the job, great, no problem. This isn't about Desmond Ritter. I, I, I'm I'm rooting against Desmond Ritter. No, I'm I'm not pleased with the way he's leading this team at quarterback. That that has to get better. Yeah. That's not a hot take that that has to get better. And, and frankly, on a on a personal note, yes, I was a little annoyed at how many times he went first person plural when asked about his interception yesterday. We, 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 I, we, we, we. No, dude, no, no. You throw that interception, it is I, 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 I. That was a little, and I felt like he had basically, he was just in like clicked on robot mode at that point and was just checked out. Yeah. I feel like he is, he's checked out. Um, so this team, this, this, this team needs an enema, um, coming in with the stars, Edward Brown, uh, with a super chat on faith on uh, YouTube. I'm all backwards. He's got it going uh, for us. Appreciate you. Um, breaking the ice. He says, I'm finally on the get Justin Fields bandwagon. If he becomes available, there's a lot of Justin Fields haters out there. And so be it, you know, you're, you're entitled to all that stuff, but to think that he wouldn't help this Falcons team to me. And again, is, is nuts. I, I think to say that he wouldn't be an upgrade at quarterback for this team is there's a bias there that is overriding the facts. And the facts are that Justin Fields is capable of making so many more good plays than Desmond Ritter is. They almost go into it's a team game, so I'm not judging on quarterback wins, but they almost go into into Cleveland and win that game. And if it weren't for balls just bouncing right off a guy's hands, he throws for another 150 yards and a couple touchdowns, and that game is put away. Yeah. Justin Fields has played well this year. They're gonna if they move on, they're gonna get a first round draft pick for him. And I have a feeling when the Falcons go up to Chicago, he's gonna put on a freaking show. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Atlanta's defense, to their credit, mm-hmm. the offense has fallen apart. But Atlanta, even though you're missing, you know, Animata and injuries here, here and there, uh, playing really tough. Clayus Campbell stood out. Congrats to Zach Harrison getting a sack today. I mean, I know Take that's one. not a great. Yep. Taquan got his first sack too. Yep. Yep. One, also good cool. to see. So they're still fighting. Now that's one of the things I know. Falcons fans, you're kind of stuck in the area where I felt like Broncos country was last season. You know, like oh my gosh have to do something to have to fire the staff, have to get a new head coach in here. Can we do it while still keeping the defensive staff in place? Doesn't typically work that way, folks. I know that how much we like uh, what the Falcons have done defensively. They they are far from the issue, uh, but 
typically you don't see guys kept on staff when you have a complete uh, coaching staff over overhaul. So probably not happening there, uh, keeping uh, Nielsen, but we'll see. Uh, crazy things do happen. What would I do right now? Okay, let's before we get into some of these candidates, what would I do right now? I would relieve Arthur Smith of his duties right now, and I would elevate Ryan Nielsen to the head interim head coaching job for the last three weeks of the season. If he goes three and zero in the last three weeks of the season, this finish this team finishes nine and eight. I'd give him the job full time. That's what I would do. Will that happen? Probably not. Uh, Rusty Moore saying fire Arthur. Uh, hire Ben Johnson. Draft a quarterback. All right, let's get into this real quick. Um, one of the two or three hottest head coaching candidates I think that will be in this offseason is Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson. Detroit Lions go on a good I, I had this conversation, go on a good run, enjoy him because you're not going to have him next year. Watching what he's doing with Sam Laporta, with David Montgomery, with Jameer Gibbs, what do you think he would do? Would the Falcons be better off with him running plays for Drake London, for Tyler Algier, for Kyle Pitts, for Bijan Robinson? Someone says, well, is he going to bring Jared Goff with him? No, but they will do something. And we've seen good. How many backup quarterbacks won this weekend, Nick? I mean, every team is playing a backup, it seems like. so. What's the common denominator there? Decent offensive coach. You know, that's a decent, decent offensive coaches. Uh, whether it's Joe Flacco, whether it's Jake Browning, um, there's several out there. I'm forgetting of uh, Houston Texans. We'll get to them in just a moment. But what do you think about Ben Johnson taking over this this uh, Atlanta Falcons team? And do you think he might want to? Well, we won't get into that. We're not going to speculate that. But what do you think he would do? Would he be a good candidate for this team? Oh yeah, uh, he'd be. A yeah, he'd be he's going to be the hottest head coaching candidate on the market. Uh don't get it don't get me wrong, they've invested a lot in that offense out there in Detroit over multiple years now with a lot of high draft picks because of the Matt Stafford trade, but they do seem like they are maximizing uh their offense as well and it's a offense second win in a mul multitude of ways. Uh they are a little bit capped right now by the ability to play outdoors when Jared Goff kind of turns into a pumpkin when it gets cold and playing outside of that dome at Ford field. But uh, overall, I think he's probably going to be the most sought after head coaching candidate. Uh, they've really, really been aggressive and fun. And uh, yeah, he'd be a great guy for Atlanta. Question is he's going to have his pick of the jobs. Is Atlanta going to be the number one opening on the market this season? Uh, we will see. There was talk, you know, of the Bills being one that if they became if they came open, everybody wants to go play or go to Buffalo because Josh Allen, right? You get you get the quarterback there. That's the number one thing that gets coaches fired when you don't have that guy in the NFL. Uh, but Ben Johnson would be fantastic. I you'll have to get a little bit more team speed, I think, on offense, Scott. If you want to run that Ben jo Johnson offense here in Atlanta, you don't have enough perimeter uh, speed, in my opinion. But uh, that's something that you can work on. Yeah. I mean, they're the guys that they're running on the perimeter were not high round draft picks. They're just faster guys. They prioritize that they've already got size. Okay. Well, let's, let's go get, you know, a four, three guy that stands out at the senior bowl with good hands that, that falls to the second or third round. Cause you might be a little thin or whatever it is. Um, Rudy comes in. He says, I know our offense is really bad, but why can't our defense stop anybody in crucial moments? Ugh, 17 plays. 95 yard drive and, and I saw this a, a little bit yesterday actually and I posted and Rudy this isn't at you uh because you're not blaming 
you're just frustrated. But I put out on a post yesterday, I'm like, this one's an IQ test. If anybody out there blames, says that this loss is on the defense, just go ahead and block them because they're not worth listening to. That's not what you're saying. You're asking a question and you're frustrated. I get that. It's complimentary football, okay? When you force a team to punt five times in a row, hold them to field goals after turnovers, turn them over on downs, and you've only given up six points going into five minutes left in the in the in the fourth quarter, the defense has done its job. It's mm -hmm. up to the offense to put that game away at that point. Yeah. When I you mean, are as banged up as this Atlanta Falcons defense is, Anyamata, Grady Jarrett, Bud Dupree is a good player who is out there missing. That's three of your front four, because they play a front four. That's three of your front four that's out. You still held them to six points. Teams are going to get drives. They're, you don't shut people out very often. They're going to get that drive, whether that 95-yard drive yard drive comes. Usually they come earlier. But this team's out of gas. They have they lose heart a little bit when, especially after a crucial turnover, you think you're going in for the to, to put the, the, the nail in the coffin and your quarterback gives the ball away. That's disheartening. Again. Yeah, the mental aspect of this game, you 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 lose it. So, was I surprised as an Atlanta Falcons fan that grew up? No, I'm not. That's kind of what happens. But you can't put this on the defense. The defense gets a lot of stops in crucial situations. It's up to the offense to play complementary football and help out just a little bit, just just a little bit, because they didn't. You gave up nine points. You lost the turnover battle by two. You had a few bad snap exchanges, too. Uh, this is not on the defense in this one, especially as you mentioned all the pieces that they're still missing there and getting it done. So uh, what is supposed to be the bread and butter of this team, Scott, coming in the year? What's the one thing that you know you close your eyes and you can lean on? And no matter what, we know we have this going into any matchup, any week, doesn't matter. It's supposed to be the run game, right? It was supposed to be this run game with Arthur Smith and whatnot. And granted, you know, you lose uh, Caleb McGeary out there, but that shouldn't tank your entire rushing efficiency but coming into this carolina game and shout out to carolina's defense and azure evero they haven't been the problem so much there in carolina this season but you come in and you get what do we have here 1.7 yards per rush on 31 attempts in the rain when you have a quarterback who you you know has some issues protecting the football you cannot do that you cannot do that with what you've invested in this team a top pick at running back you know you have tyler algier you bring back cordell patterson all these early picks on the offensive line as well. The big bodies at the pass catchers as well. So that way they can help in the run game. Uh, just not nearly good enough. And I see you, you have a uh, oblivion empire coming in nine 99 here saying, I want Arthur fired and put Brian Nielsen in the interim head coach. Sounds familiar, Scott. Uh, uh, he he goes, just, you finish, finish reading that. It's kind of funny. Uh, he just said that when I was typing that. So here's a donation, LOL, let's get fields. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. And again, you, Arthur Smith and the offense has had a lot of invested in it. This is the team and the players that he wanted out there and nine points against this Carolina team in this situation. You can't have that. Uh, it's just, it's not acceptable. I'll so. even give them, I'll even round up and say that they kneeled out for the field goal. I'll even round up and give them the 13, yeah. you know, because they, they played for the field goal at the end. They took two knees. Let's just say they scored that one. That's fine. 13 points. They score on that final one. I still, everything I just said still holds true about the mm -hmm. defense. They, they did their job. They absolutely did their job. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's really, really unfortunate. And again, I've been on the, let's see how the season plays out. We still do have three games here. I mean, outside of 
Scott, the Falcons winning three games, getting into the playoffs and then winning a playoff game. Even, I don't know how you can bring Arthur Smith back. Now it's a week to week league and that world would be a lot different than the one we're sitting in currently. Uh, so if we get there, we'll have that conversation, but I just cannot see that future occurring at this point with where this team is. I mean, I, what do you even tell the locker room at this point, right? Like you, you can't go back to Heineke. You, you're turnover prone out the wazoos. You can't lean on the run game defense. We need, we need Bates to score a freaking pick six to have any chance in these games right now. We can't do enough in the drop back pass game. Uh, it looks flat. looks like there's no belief. There's no answer. It was raining hard. What was that? It was raining. I, I mean, okay. Then the run game should be, you should be able to dominate your will there. Uh, I don't understand 1.6, 1.7 yards per carry. Well, can't again, it. it was raining for both. And, you know, if Bryce Young can throw for 167 yards and not turn the ball over, then a good quarterback should do what? Because Bryce Young hasn't been very good this year. Not saying he won't be, but he hasn't been very good this year. And no. he didn't look good yesterday either. There's one of his big completions. I said, man, it's a good thing, you know. It's good things ducks let water slide off their back because that was a freaking duck that quacked out there to the right sideline that fell into Mingo's hands, I think. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's bad. It's bad all around, which is why we're talking head coaches. Um, it's just uh, one of my followers on on Twix when I posted this, this show was like, it's unfathomable that this isn't already a foregone conclusion. I agree, I, but we've seen it before. The The... the Arthur Blank has usually held on to a person at least one year too long. Now, there's a lot of people that say that after back-to-back -back seven and seven seasons that this year was that one year too long. I'm not one of those people. I think they did a good job with a patchwork team. But could they, and that was the big question, could this staff take a team full of more talent with higher expectations and take them to the next step? The answer to that has been unequivocally no. The, the 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 winning percentage of their eight losses, if you take out the eight loss the eight wins against the Falcons, their winning percentage against the rest of the NFL for the eight teams that have beaten the Atlanta Falcons is 375. That is over the course of a season six and eleven. Oh and eight against six and eleven teams. Come on, man. Uh moving on. Next guy on the list that I want to talk about, and I said we'd come back to the Houston Texans, it's Bobby Slowick. Um, speaking of another team that just got a crucial win playing above their heads, C.J. Stroud has been phenomenal this year. Backup quarterback. C.J. Stroud's out. Yeah. Well, Texans go in and get a win in a place that beat the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons couldn't beat Tennessee. Bobby Slowick, D'Amico Ryans, who is still in the running for head coach of the year, wins uh and, and and gets the uh gets the gets the dub what about bobby slowick in this discussion uh, bobby slow could be great i mean everything is the everybody is doing really well with the kyle shanahan offense right now you look at the quarterback efficiency stats and pretty much the half of the top 16 are kyle shanahan or mike shanahan disciples to some extent so you got the mcveigh branch there as well uh so getting that type of offense in here you do always a little bit worry if you're a little late to the party in that that there could be something that occurs that makes that style of offense worse you know when, they, when things get a little bit too homogenous then there's a sample out there or a solution that causes a problem for a lot of teams. That's always my concern if you're going to go after that pattern, but that pattern is so good right now that Kyle Shanahan West coast offense right now is so efficient. It's helping quarterbacks out. It's working in the middle of the field. I don't think anybody does a better job right now 
of attacking linebackers and playing in that space and coverage linebacker. I mean, they just don't really exist in the NFL. It's hard to find. So uh, that's something I'd look at. Slowick's done a good job out there. He is not playing behind the offensive head coach too. So a lot of that offensive scheme and onus is on him. It's not like, you know, he's coaching under Andy Reed and it's Andy Reed's team at the end of the day, but you have an offensive guy. What's his actual responsibilities? No, Slowick's the offensive guy there. Uh, and he's done a pretty good job maximizing a team with a bunch of non-first-round weapons, not a lot of first-round picks in the offensive line, and Stroud, who was playing like a MVP candidate uh, prior to that injury there. So Slowick would be really interesting. Came from that Kyle Shanahan tree uh, and has done a good job with the quarterback. Small sample size, but for an offensive guy, Scott, you're never going to get the full sample size because teams want them so early. So it's a little riskier, but you're not going to get one you're comfortable with Uh I guess sometimes you have Ben Johnson who'll stick around for a year, which is surprising. We thought he'd be gone last yeah. year. You get two Mostly years. You have to go a year wow. early. Yeah. <laughs> two years of success. And, yes. uh, and that's uh, Jeremy comes in with the stars on Facebook. Thank you. Jeremy he says, I don't want another head coach calling his own plays. Not many people can handle both head coach and coordinator jobs simultaneously. Jeremy, I think that's become, it's become so common now that I don't think it's as big a concern. The one that bothers me much more goes way back, which is the guy who thinks he's the coach and the general manager. That one I hate, but if I look around right now at some of the most uh, at some of the top teams, I've got a lot of head coaches calling plays. I've mm-hmm. got Kyle Shanahan calling plays for the 49ers. I got Mike McCarthy, who is yesterday notwithstanding. I know. Uh, let's not let's let's look at this the the total body of work this year, not just the, uh, a single result. Uh, but Mike McCarthy started taking over plays for Dak Prescott, and he's having his best season. We've got Shane Steichen having a great success with Gardner Minshew, another backup quarterback that we didn't really mention. Shane Steichen in Indianapolis is another one of those guys. I feel like I could go on, uh, but it's it's happening a lot more often. That I don't mind it so much, and you become less susceptible to losing somebody year to year to year. Like Detroit, if they were, you know, how much of the step back if they lose Ben Johnson do they take? You know, if your head coach is the one that's the engineer of your offense, you're more fireproof. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's just a weird situation because going through the list of – he and Brennan Scott was talking about head coaches who are calling uh, plays there. So, yeah, Steichen's not an option. But it's really odd because the market this season, the names that I look at and I feel like, okay, that makes sense. It's mostly defensive guys, but you lose a lot of that quarterback head coach system uh, – sus- sustainability uh just what's where i'm looking for you're gonna be much more volatile probably with a defensive minded head coach at the end of the day because it is a quarterback league so it will be tough but i think you have to at least mention some of these defensive coaches scott before we start to wrap it on up here uh guys like of course you have uh raheem morris uh who's been really really impressive out there uh with the rams what they've done taking the Brandon Staley of Vic Fangio stuff and implementing it under the Pete Carroll. He was the interim coach um, here. And I think I didn't like him in Tampa, but when he came, he got humbled in Tampa Mm -hmm. after he was bombed out in Tampa, he was humbled and he did a good job in Atlanta, a really good job with the Falcons. And now you have the ability also that he's been with the Rams for a number of years that he should have some connections uh, to some of that McVay tree. So hopefully he could put together a good offensive staff on the other side and He's just, I've been really impressed with what the Rams have done defensively because Aaron Donald is not the Aaron Donald he was before. He's still unbelievable. Don't get me wrong, but he's not what he was, you know, three, four years ago. And it's a lot of 
day three picks out there on that Rams defense and they're playing feisty football. So Morris has been really impressive to me. Somebody you want to keep an eye on, in my opinion. Uh, you also have, of course, uh, the one that one that really sticks out to me, of course, Mike McDonald with the Ravens. He's really up and coming what they're doing out there in Baltimore right now. I mean, we saw it last night making Trevor Lawrence look very, very, very human. They've been awesome all season. And then the redemption guy this season, Scott, it's gotta be Brian Flores with the oh. Vikings. I mean, what they are doing there, that's not an overly talented defense and they are playing some of the most crazy bat bleep football you've seen. They're number <laughs> one in the NFL and, uh, eight guys in coverage. So rushing three and dropping eight, but they're also like blitzing three times as much as anybody else. So to have that discrepancy uh, in their numbers, I mean, nobody's doing what Minnesota is doing right now schematically. And that's a team that lacks honest to God, lacks difference makers on the defense. So it's a lot scheme stuff. So he's been really impressive. It wasn't his fault. I think in Miami, really their offenses were dreadful. Uh, So at least you have to consider some of the defensive guys. I wouldn't love that direction, but there are interesting guys there. Has Dan Quinn missed his window or is he still a head coaching candidate if he wants to be? Oh, he's definitely a head coaching candidate, just not with Atlanta. Uh, right. He'll get interviews. I wouldn't be surprised at all. There's been some talk, you know, how much they love him in Dallas, that he could be paid so much that it's he like is. A, he's making yeah. a ton of money now. Yes. And, and he loves his, like, he, he's, he loves his job there. Yeah. Um, you know, you just start to wonder if they reach their ceiling and they do this, will, will he, will Mike McCarthy Stay that job if the, if the Cowboys the don't do anything in the playoffs this year. Uh, I think he would keep his job if they don't do anything in the playoffs just because they've done, I trust the sample size of the regular season much more yeah. uh, than a one-game sample size in the playoffs where it can be pretty fluky. And I'm thinking like a couple more years. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's, that's I'm thinking long-term with Dan Quinn. He might be, you know, in the Dallas guy and waiting because McCarthy probably, you know, another two to three years, maybe four. Uh, so that's the one that's a. We will see. And we, we got Michael coming in. We've got some supers we want to hit. Then I want to hit yeah. you with a couple names before we get out of here. Uh, Michael Rankio says, the Falcons make a mistake drafting running back Bijan Robinson this NFL draft. Thoughts, Scott and Nick. And thank you for the support, Michael. I don't think it was a mistake. He's a great player. If you draft great players, that's that's fine. Is that the direction I would have gone? No. I've, I've said several times I would have taken Jalen Carter in that spot. Um, just a much more rare ability that Jalen Carter brings to the table than a, than a, a really, really good running back. Um, premium position, longevity, uh, cost control benefits, all of those type of things. I would have gone Jalen Carter in that spot, but no, I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a mistake. It's just not the direction I would have gone. And frankly, one of the elephants in the room is Bajan has had some very costly fumbles this year too including one yesterday. Um, he, he's, he's made some mistakes. The, the, the narrative around Bajan Robinson is he's not being used enough, which I agree with. What's not being said is he has had some mistakes and some turnovers that have been very costly to the Atlanta Falcons as well. I would say it would be a mistake right now looking back because your window for the viability for a running back is pretty much the first four years. It's a, we need to take off and run immediately and now we've burned one year of that cost controlled with him potentially being one of the better uh options and he's a decreasing asset uh the further you get from that first year of the rookie contract so uh, i would be concerned about the return on that it was always the question of is it worth taking a player in the top 10 well if you make the playoffs and you're on the back of that running back and you're maximizing those first four years then we can have that discussion but 
one is already in the bank and it was not worth it at this point. So it's it was a win now not, move. They called yeah. when when Kyle Pitts was taken, they called that a win now move. That was bunk. Uh the yeah. team was not set up to win now. This team was set up to win this year and they went for it with that pick. They didn't get it. No. But is he can he be an asset for this team for the next three years, four years of your team? Yes, he can. He can be a very key player. So I'm not going to call it a mistake yet. Is it the direction I would have gone? No. Um, this season has been a mistake. This has been a lost season for everybody. That doesn't. I'm not going to let that stain Bajan Robinson as the draft pick yet. Um, but at the same time, you have to talk about the contract and what it means and take a running back that early and to burn a season of that is definitely a- when you're taking him that high. There's no cost value, cost cost benefit anyway. He's already one of the top five or six highest paid running backs in the NFL because I think his cap hit is like eight, but the average value of his contract because of where you took him, you lost the cost benefits of that deal as soon as you drafted him that high. I'm not talking as much about the cost benefits. It's the Mm -hmm. control uh, Mm -hmm. of him and the age that he is. So yeah, he's going to be coming and he's already one of the top paid running backs. all of them though. That's, That's the same argument I've used for Kyle Pitts since he was taken. If your team stinks, you lose the value of the contract no matter who you take. But the issue is that a tight end a lot of times is going to be better in that second contract. Yeah. And you don't see that with a running back. You are you are in your window right, right now. And one of those years is gone. So it's it's a tough one uh, for him. I think this team is still set up to win with the right passing attack slash offensive coordinator slash head coach. And Bijan Robinson can be a very big asset for the next three years, which is why yeah. he was drafted. So not yet for me, not a mistake. Not the direction I would have gone. I've said that from the beginning. Lawrence coming in with some big stars on Facebook. Thank you, my friend. He says, good morning, everyone. Just finished my coffee. Now time to plumb this house. Listen to my favorite show. So good morning, Broncos family. Uh, We are on the Falcons podcast right now, but you'll catch us here in just a minute when we switch over to Mile High Huddle in the next couple of minutes. So um, we might go just a little long. We'll be a little late. Tell everybody to come see us over here, and then we'll join over a Mile High Huddle. Lawrence, thank you for the stars, my friend. Helps keep the lights on my forehead nice and shiny. Gary Palmer says, good morning, Scott and Nick. Um, Good morning to you, Gary. Good to see you. And I skipped Shaggy. How did I do that? Real Shaggy. Love that that picture up there. He says, is it bad that I want us to tank the next three games so we can get a good pick for sure and a new coach? No. There's going to be some people that tell you how to fan. You can't tell me that Falcons fans weren't watching that game yesterday. So and just freaking lose and get rid of this guy they were saying it falcons are now up into the top 10 they're 10th right now in the draft they're getting into that quarterback range where Jaden daniels can be on the table where i can trade a top seven pick and then at 2025 and maybe get into that drake may caleb williams conversation no the nfl rewards you for losing why would you think it is necessarily always a bad thing to lose Sometimes it's better for you in the long term to lose, Nick. Yeah, it's, as long as you hit, right? There's always that line of demarcation somewhere in the draft. Uh, but if you are a rudderless team, team right now, uh, you know, losing, let's say you finish with the seventh pick instead of the 15th pick, well, that's the value of a early second round pick in terms of a trade capital and that difference there in that one. So maybe it gives you a chance to get a better player or you're in a much better position to move up for a player that you're targeting. So, uh, don't know if they will lose three games in a row. It's pretty hard to do that in the NFL. And those are none of those teams are world beaters uh, by any means, but uh, one and two, three losses is certainly possible. 
We'll see. I mean, there's still a reality out there where the Falcons win three in a row and make the playoffs. Very improbable, right? We're writing fan We've fiction been saying that every point. week. Yeah, we're writing fan fiction at this point with what we saw on uh, yesterday and in, in Carolina. But um, yeah, it's we'll see. Uh, we've we, we've just seen too much of that Carolina, that team that was in Carolina for for this year. And yeah. if this was a a harder schedule, this team would be how many games have they played? I lose track with the 17 games. They're yeah, 17 and 14, so they're six and eight. This team would probably be three and eleven with Four a real wins, schedule. Seven. Again, yeah. they're zero and eight against teams that have the, the 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 record of the teams that have beaten them is three seventy five. That's yeah. a six and eleven record. Zero and eight awesome. against those teams. If and this team had a re- realistic schedule, they've beaten one team with a winning record: the Houston Texans. And also after this loss too, and everything that's happened this season. The vibes in there have to be dead man walking uh, with the offensive staff and the even the quarterback there. And when you're playing without a lot of belief, you're going to see mistakes and ugly football and just a lack of the a lot of that fire. And when you're a run team, (laughs) you kind of need that fire uh, to get a lot of things going. So Rusty says, talking about tanking, and Michael Lewitsky comes in on Facebook. He says, we don't have to tank. They just stink. And that's kind of the point, too. Rusty says the Colts, Bears, and Saints all look like losses. I agree. Uh, the Colts are playing really good football right now under a, a young new head coach, Shane Steichen. Uh, the Saints on the road. I don't remember the last time, you know, that's that looks like an L and the Bears on the road. The Bears are playing much better than the Falcons right now. Um, yeah. So I agree. Oblivion Empire coming in. Says, do you think we're uh, going to go six and 11? And do you think our second and third picks from the Jags would get fields? Second and third might. It might. Um, but I don't think you have both this year from the Jaguars. The third becomes a second if they re-sign Calvin Ridley. Uh, so appreciate the the super chat. So the third would become a second. So the second rounder maybe, and then something else would, would get you on the phone with the Bears and you might have to do something else. Uh, do I think the Falcons are going to go six and 11? I feel like they squeak out a win of one of those three somehow, some way, somewhere, uh, and finish seven and 10 again, which would be a fireable offense. We've gone long. I Got to hit you on these two guys, though, before we get out of here. Nick, apologize to Broncos country when we switch over to Mile High. We'll go a little long there. Eric Bieniemy had some success as an offensive coordinator on a bad team. Now, I've always said I'm not going to judge a coach at Washington because Washington's a dysfunctional franchise. He's had some success on the offensive side of the ball with the Washington Commanders. He's gotten some interviews, so people aren't necessarily afraid of his background. Otherwise, why bring him in for an interview at all? Um, is he a candidate for a head coach based on his resume? Based on his resume, I say, yes, there are some issues with some of his past in Colorado. That's one reason that it was never going to happen for Denver uh, when they've been looking for head coaches almost every single year. Uh, but yeah, he's some somebody to consider. You also wonder about the, what staff he's bringing in. And that's something that we don't give enough credit to when we talk about this is, I mean, look across the way in Carolina, they hired an all-star staff, but there's absolutely no familiarity and cohesion between their coaches. And once things get a little bit rough, they're finger pointing. They're not communicating very well. Uh, so you have to bring in people who you're comfortable with that you can communicate with that there's synergy there. So that's always a part of it. And that's the thing I like about Arthur Smith's as the head coach. I like his staff mm-hmm. other than him as the offensive coordinator. Ryan Nielsen's been a home run hire. Jerry Gray, defensive backfield coach, offensive line. Phenomenal. The staff's been good. It's just the offensive coordinator's got to go. Um, yeah. So Eric Bieniemy, and you mentioned a 
redemption candidate. Three years ago, when the Atlanta Falcons were doing hiring, one of the guys they brought in, I was like, this is ridiculous. He's way not too ready for this. All of a sudden, he's having some success. How about Joe Brady up at the Buffalo Bills? I don't know if I'd bring him in as a head coach, but it's possible that he gets a chance to hop ship. I don't know if that's... He's already got the offensive coordinator job locked up if that's what he wants to be. So the only way you're getting him from Buffalo is as a head coach. I don't know if I would do that at this point, uh, considering the small sample size out there and the fact that he's coordinating with such a weapon as Josh Allen. So maybe, again, you have to be a year early or not. Maybe bring him in for an interview, but... That offense, I think, was even humming when they still had Ken Dorsey there. It was more, from what I understand, interpersonal stuff there rather than the scheming uh, stuff out there with Buffalo. So uh, certainly a possibility, but I don't know if I'm I'm ready to say him for a head coach. Uh, we got Joe coming in saying great I think morning. We've got real quick and good morning, Joe. Uh, he says great morning, Scott and Nick. Just here to say Smith needs to be fired. I think you know I've always said I don't necessarily want to take the offensive coordinator from the guy that has the the Hall of Fame quarterback. One, Josh Allen is a lot more volatile than that. Two, you've got the in-season turnaround that just plays so much in Joe in Joe Brady's favor on that. Like, wow, this team took off right here when they made this move. That I think he's got a got a chance. He's going to get some head coaching. Joe Brady's going to get some some head coaching interviews again. Whether he's a year away, maybe. But he's going to get them. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's sure. Well, so we'll see. Um, I don't know if Brian Johnson with Philly. I feel like they've been pretty volatile this season and a step down from Steichen. Uh, maybe you have uh, Callahan out there in Cincinnati, somebody to keep an eye on as well. Especially when you talk about what they've done with backup quarterbacks. The complete that was another game. one. Doesn't uh, doesn't Zach Taylor call plays there, or did he give that up? I think he gave it up, but okay. uh, Callahan Callahan's had interviews multiple times, and it works really close to the quarterbacks and the. The change that we've seen uh, with the offensive system in Cincinnati going from the shotgun heavy, quick pass, uh, Joe Joe uh, Joe Burrow to more under center, more West Coast tenants, Browning has been really impressive. Uh, so Callahan is somebody that I would also be interested in interviewing uh, for a potential head coaching position if I was looking for an offensive staff. And Robert says EB is loved in Washington. He loves coaching there. If Rich Rodrigo leaves, he stays there. Hal and their players love him. Well, he possibly then he would be a candidate as a head coach there. So that was the question for me. Is he a, a head coaching candidate? Could he make that leap this year? It doesn't have to be the Falcons. I'm talking just overall. These guys talk. There's going to be a lot of openings. There are a lot of openings already. So who's going to be the top head coaching candidates? Um, we've got to get out of here. We've been we went long today on a Monday. Um, appreciate y'all. We'll apologize. We're going to head over to Mile High Huddle. We'll talk some more of this stuff too. Uh, if you want to follow us, youtube.com slash mile high huddle. Want to say thank you to our uh, our super chat and Facebook star superstars today Edward Brown, Oblivion Empire, Jeremy Cox, Michael Rankio, the real Shaggy, Lawrence Rivera, Gary Palmer, Rusty Moore, and Oblivion Empire again. So thank you all for coming in and helping to support the show. Uh, there's a lot of new faces in here today. So make sure you hit that like button and that subscribe so you get the alerts when we come back on. We're here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll talk, we talk all kinds of football, and basically it's about time to get into draft. So thanks, everybody, for being here. Nick, do you have any final thoughts? You look like you were itching to say something before we left. I 
three more games. It's going to suck when it's over. Um, and we'll have a lot of time to talk draft. So excited for that. Sorry. I had three text messages and a call from my mother. So I don't know what's going on. So. All right. All right. We'll make sure things are okay. Follow us on over to youtube.com slash mile high huddle. Otherwise we will see you on Wednesday back on these channels. Thanks for being here, everybody. Have a great Monday afternoon.